Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 85. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. Oh, sorry. And I'm Jen. <laughs> I love it. I, we're already we're already there, guys. A little slow yeah. start. So it's, how's there, it's hot. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah. So well, how's everybody doing? What's the scoop? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it is hot, but not as hot as it has been. I'm sure people listening to our podcast are like, when are these girls going to stop talking about how hot it is? <laughs> Never. It is October and it is hot. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's October 4th right now that we're recording this podcast. And um, even on my Facebook memories the other day, there were pictures of me sharing my cute scarf and my boots and my whatever I was wearing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I long for the days where I actually could wear fall clothes in fall. No kidding. I mean, I have scars galore, scarves galore. I have boots and, you know, I'm just not able to wear them. I mean, super hot. Uh, yesterday, uh, they had a little cake for my nephew because his birthday's today. He turns the big one four. And uh, yeah, and they had it outdoors because social distancing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were in the shade because they had the little pop-up tent. But man, I was just like, like perspiring and they're like why are you so hot and i'm like i have layers of fat guys <laughs> please please understand me my my pain and my sorrow right now but yeah so th there's that i'm very excited i finally got my um my eyeshadow palettes from juvia's place i gotta oh, say oh nice yeah. They are really amazing. They're really highly pigmented, but but if you expect your package to arrive in seven to ten days, it's not. <laughs> I kept emailing them and emailing them, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm never gonna get these. This is a scam. Uh, but finally, I got them. Uh, it took a little bit under thirty days to get. So, oh, well, that's way better than my story. <laughs> I bought something from Pampered Chef on July 7th, and I'm not kidding, it came this week. Wow, what? are you serious? What yes. was it? Well, what yeah, did you get? I got um, cast iron skillets. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have one, but I did you completely forget more. you had ordered them? Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, like in mm -hmm. August, I was like, where's my skillets? But in October, I was like, Forgot all about it. It was a happy surprise. <laughs> but yes, in July. I ordered them in July. Oh, well, I got to tell you, no, I don't forget when I order shit. I'm like, I email them. Where's my package? Here's my order number. Where's my package? Where's my package? I signed up for uh, 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 for telephone notifications. I have gotten none. Is my, <laughs> has my package been shipped? Like, I get really, like, nasty. You get free stuff? No, I get really nasty. But I mean, do they ever tell you like, here, just take free stuff and be quiet? I wish. No? Uh, well, then I'm not going to put the effort in <laughs> to email it and complain. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I ordered some books from Barnes and Nobles a while ago, and they actually came pretty on time, but that's because they were shipping from uh, the um, uh, UPS instead of USPS, so I got them mm, pretty quickly. Yeah. Except for one book that they did not have in stock. So it's coming from their warehouse somewhere in the East Coast. And I am, and that was the book that I was actually, that I got on at 2 a.m. to buy, which is always a bad idea to be <laughs> shopping at 2 a.m. Um, but I, uh, it's Song of Achilles because I'd been playing Hades so much that oh, I missed, uh -huh. um, uh, I, I got nostalgic for the book. So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna read it again. And one of my friend, other friends uh, has it. She has it like uh, as an ebook, and so she's been reading it. Uh, and she's just all like, "Oh my God, this book is just top tier gay yearning." And I'm just like, "I'm here for it." That is, what is, is the what yearning? is the gayest emotion? The gayest emotion is yearning. Is it just yearning, or do, does he actually, or they get the prize? Uh, if the prize is death, then yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, death Song of sex? Achilles. Huh? <laughs> I said death through sex. 
<laughs> well, if you don't know Song of Achilles, it's a retelling of the Iliad. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that should tell you all about it. Right. Oh, so cool. uh, I highly it. recommend Song of Achilles and I cannot wait to reread it because I read it when it came out in like 2012. So it's been, it's been eight years, about eight years. So I don't oh, remember wow. much of it. I just remember that it broke my heart and that I want to read it again. You know, I'm always curious to go back and read books that I'd actually read when I was younger, either junior high, high school, maybe even college, but more so younger than that, and kind of like see how my adult mind uh, reinterprets or re, like how, how my, uh, how it affects me differently because you know I now I'm now I'm a lot older and I probably understand things that I completely went over my head so mm-hmm. probably all the uh, Stephen King books that I read when I was like in sixth grade <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah um uh, speaking of reading I have been hooked on a webtoons thanks to Jen it's called You're welcome <laughs> It's called Melvina's Therapy, and I'm on episode or issue 50. Oh, my gosh. And, yes, and it has, I think, over 90 issues right now. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, it's by it's created by A. Raisin, A. Dot Raisin, or Rasen. Um, I don't know if it's a female or a male. I don't know. There's very no information. I already follow them on Twitter. I follow them on Facebook, uh, and I'm about to create a Webtoons uh, ID and uh, get my password too, but they have like 9.71 stars is what this um, what the story is rated and it's just it's so good and at the end of each kind of series she or I think I think she's a she um, they have a little kind of like synopsis uh, not a synopsis like a little description of what she was thinking when she was creating that. Uh, arc in the in the story mm-hmm. so like imagery is discussed uh like just the way everything's framed is discussed um mm-hmm. even like little easter eggs um uh, it's just really brilliant i love it it's called melvina's therapy and it's a kind of a horror mystery drama stuff suspense oh, nice yeah it's super good cool. yeah i'm just like so drawn and every time i'm on hold i just like <laughs> read and read and read <laughs> And it's just great. I really love it. So thanks a lot, Jen. You're welcome. <laughs> what, what else? Have, I know that, um, Christian, you've been running a lot. You've got a calendar going. Oh, yes. So there is a um, challenge to run 100 miles by December 31st. So I did 10 yesterday and I did 10 today. So we'll see uh, how long it takes me. Actually, in... Um, what was last month? September, I ran 175 miles, so I think I'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's amazing, and and just I just can't wait till it gets cooler, so you're not out there like sweating. Oh, I know. This morning it was weird, mist, low fog, and so it wasn't actually too bad, but it was super. Um, it was super like humid, very uh, wet out. I was walking and just like felt gross, but it was cool because of the fog. So um, mm. I was like, oh, I can't wait till I actually have to put on long sleeves to go for a run. Exactly. Super atmospheric though. Yes. I know that picture you took was really haunting. <laughs> and one good thing about the, the mist was that, okay, randomly, I don't know what kind of, spider it is if it is a spider if it's the tree just i don't know but there are these like spider webs that are just from the branches and the trees down to the ground and i always walk into them when i'm running on the sidewalk because there's some parts of where i run that i have to be on the sidewalk just for safety and i always run into them and i hate them so much and i get so mad because they're all sticky and everywhere but the mist because the mist the moisture was so high in the air, the mist was clinging to the um, spider webs, spider and so webs. I could see them. And so mm-hmm. I could just easily run around them. And it was actually, they looked really cool, but I couldn't get a good picture. <laughs> That's so cool. I think those might be the weaver spiders. They're kind of like, uh, oh, kind I've of this... never heard of those. It's yeah. a thing. I yeah. just recently started seeing them. 
So it must be their, like, I don't know, their season. Their season. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's that's over. Be- it's their season. Of course it is. They're yeah. out there doing spider webs. Yes. Uh, they, we have a lot of them that come and live in our tree. And whenever I would throw out trash at night, I'd get caught up in them. So what I do is I take a stick or a broom and I just swirl it in front of me as, of a, you, yeah. as, as I, as I go throw, throw out the trash. But yes, they are, they're actually a little bit stronger than regular spider yes, webs. So they're you, really thick. Yes, they cling on to you, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yes, yeah, yeah. And well, I was like, when every time I walk into it, I think, first of all, I've never actually seen the spider; I've just seen the web. But I always wonder, like, when I walk into it, if they're like, "Damn, it's a big one!" <laughs> <laughs> no, you're destroying their home. They're like, "Oh my god!" Here but she it's goes just again. one line. It's like oh. not an actual like web. It's just a whole bunch of just lines all hanging down. Oh, that's because they're going up. And down the tree yeah that's that's it's like their freeway (laughs) (laughs) yeah but wait till i think november is when they start building their beautiful webs and they're huge huge and and usually you see the spider at night that's why when i say when i throw out the trash at night Uh uh you could see them they're like this uh they're like an inch kind of big that includes their legs includes their legs they're kind of a brownish uh with a little bit of specks of yellow maybe black but they're brown they're harmless but they're yeah. big and so people feel find them threatening and are oh, scared okay. of them but well, i actually have been seeing spider webs not in the trees but in another part of where i run that they are really big elaborate intricate webs and i think of charlotte's web every time and um it's probably the same spider the same type of spider because it is it's pretty big and very um very noticeable when you see it and it does if you're afraid of spiders i could see why you wouldn't like it and it would scare you um and anytime i get close it runs away but um so uh, and I have just started noticing them. So um, it does sound like it is spider season. So I'll have to keep an eye out more for them and try to get a good picture. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till they show up in my memory so they can share them with everyone. <laughs> okay. okay, guys, it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And Kristen has some juicy, juicy, juicy chisme. I do have some juicy, juicy, juicy cheese mint. Um, I actually have two pieces of cheese mint. One I'm just going to share really quickly because it is going to be um, something you have to wait to find out till the end of who we're talking about. But there is a friend of Comadre C Comics who um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, George Lucas of Star Wars fame is going to be building a museum of narrative art in downtown Los Angeles, probably in about two or three years. Um, I don't know if COVID has affected this timeline or anything, but there is an artist that we had on our show that we interviewed that is actually also involved in a different way in our podcast who had um, the original art of their book procured and curated um, by the museum and it is going to be part of a, uh, an actual um, installation there at the museum so you'll have to wait until the end of the show during our saludos to find out which amazing creator this is so um, our other cheese is that ms marvel um, the role of ms marvel has finally been um, cast and they went with um she's a an 18 year old um uh actress her name is iman Bellani. and sarah you said you couldn't find whether she had any other role she's a newcomer she's a complete newcomer i haven't seen anything else that she's been worked she had worked on before so uh she must have made a very big impression when she did her audition because she's brand new she hasn't worked uh i haven't found anything that she's worked on either television plays or movies so this is very exciting news um she's a canadian um actress Uh and like uh like you said she's 18 so she looks very young yeah she does look really young she looks a lot younger than 18 so that is good news but the real cheese may comes with um another actress who uh goes by the name dua um who 
after the news of um, Valani was released on September 30th, she came out on Twitter and tweeted and said, well, since they've um, announced who they cast, I guess I can come out now and uh, talk about the fact that Marvel contacted uh, me also to audition for Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. And that was all her tweet said. Excuse me. <laughs> Well, um, as the Twitterverse do, um, people didn't believe her. People were giving her crap. People were like, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, in order to prove that she was telling the truth, uh, the, this actress, Dua, actually tweeted copies of her non-disclosure agreement as well as three pages of the uh, script that she, I'm assuming she read from when she auditioned. And um, I don't know how many minutes it was before Disney and Marvel got involved, but she is now facing some pretty serious charges because, I mean, it's right there in the title, honey, non-disclosure <laughs> agreements. <laughs> that means that even that you cannot disclose. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how old she is, if she's just really young, too, and she didn't really under fully understand. But, uh, yeah, so she got herself into a little bit of trouble and i mean when disney is involved that's some really serious stuff they do not play i mean they go around suing uh daycare owners for post for uh paying mickey mouse on the side of their houses i mean they do not play so poor duo we'll see what happens we'll keep an eye on what's going on with that cheesement but um the disney plus uh um ms marvel kamala khan tv show looks like it is moving forward so we'll have to also uh, wait to see how that goes as well yeah i heard some of the parts uh were blacked out on the script but it's enough to disclose maybe uh, what direction or you know i mean yes you know we don't want think you know people that create movies and shows don't like that information leak they want it to be you know people to anticipate what the show's going to be and watch the show so she's in big trouble yeah she is in big trouble all right guys it's now time for our book review and today jen is going to tell us all about this book we're going to review today and i'm so excited because it points us towards our halloweeny uh fall autumn feel go for it jen so today we are going to be reading mary shelley monster hunter uh by adam glass and olivia cortero briggs uh and drawn by hayden sherman so uh the book opens up with a, an introduction page that that is that begins as thus today the name mary shelley is synonymous with frankenstein a harrowing story of revenge that still inspires books movies and television shows 200 years after its publication not bad for a 19 year old pre-victorian writer but there is much more to mary shelley than the creation of the genre we know we now know as horror she was an ideological philosopher, a traveler, and a well-known rebel in a time when women didn't even have the rights to their own children, let alone own property, vote, or so much as request a divorce. Carrying on her late mother's legacy, Mary Wollstonecraft, now considered the grandmother of modern feminism, Mary Shelley, or Mary Godwin, as we will come to know her, enjoyed an open relationship with the eccentric poet Percy Shelley in trips through Europe, accompanied by her lover, her fiery stepsister, and the notorious ladies' man, Lord Byron. Branded the League of Incest and Atheism by the British press, this sometimes admired, sometimes exiled group and their adventures serve as the foundation of the frightening tale. Mary Shelley was a woman ahead of her time, a feminist warrior who suffered the loss of nearly everyone she ever loved and yet soldiered on, producing four novels, hundreds of articles, and preserving the legacy of both her deceased husband and mother for generations to come. Her mark on our current culture is, a profound, uh, is profound, and while Mary Shelley Monster Hunter is indeed a work of fiction, it is inspired by the true events of the writer's life to both entertain and enlighten its audience to one of the true pioneers of women's equality. They uh, they say 2019 is the year of the woman. I say that it's just the beginning. Mary Shelley Monster Hunter is a story for this generation of readers, a reminder of the greatness of women, as well as the harrowing historical thrill ride through Georgian-era uh, counterculture. 
It is an honor to breathe life into the character of Mary Shelley and a privilege to share this, the real story behind the creation of Frankenstein kept secret until now. Uh, this was written by uh, Olivia Cortero Briggs, one of the writers uh, in October of 2019. Uh, so I am in love with the romantic era of British literature because it was messy. Like messy, messy with a capital M trademark and drama. They were all dramatic. They were all dramatic. They were all the stars of their own reality TV show and they acted the part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she took off with this poet when she was 16, right? Oh, she was only 16? Yeah. Yeah, they met when she was 16 and he was like 20 something. Uh huh. Damn, that already is yeah. like salacious. And, I mean, and he was married. He she didn't just take and God, and then he was married. And I he think, was married. Didn't he already have three kids when when they took he off? He had two kids. two kids. He had two kids and one uh and one that may or may not have been his. Okay, already, guys, in this book review, it's, it's all cheese <laughs> <laughs> Look, the romantics knew. Uh, they were, all of them, all of them were, one, persecuted by their government because they were all writing about, like, uh, like, they were writing about sexy times in the, in the most uh, bold possible way they could during the time. So all of their writing was considered audacious or, or salacious and stuff like that. It was like, it was like, oh my God, no one had ever done this kind of thing now we look at it and we consider it like oh my god that's like because that's that's like tame now but <laughs> that at the time they were they were like people were like oh my god like that's why they were the romantics were uh i guess like the hippies of their time pretty uh, much so it's a, it's i know a lot about this era because i i like i said i loved romantic era poetry and writing and of course I mean, Mary Shelley, Mary Shelley is the, the, she is the mother of modern horror and of sci science fantasy. She is, she is the creator of science fiction because that's what Frankenstein is. It was a science fiction horror. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she was, she was just, she was just an interesting, an interesting lady. Uh, and I, I read about her a lot. So, uh, yeah, one of the things is, so she met Percy Shelley when she was 16 and actually was not interested in him, but, and the only, and Percy, Percy Shelley was actually wanted connections with her father, who was a well-known writer. Yeah. Uh, he, he was, he was poor, but he was like, he was okay with like teaching uh, Percy and stuff like that. Um because Percy was paying him, but he really wanted to be connected to, um, uh, to, uh, oh God, what was his name? William Goodwin, I believe was his name. Uh, um, uh, Mary's father. Uh, he really wanted, uh, to like be connected. So he started pursuing his daughter, Mary. Uh, and there's just, there was a lot that happened, but the culmination of the relationship came to a head when they had sex on top of their, of her mother's uh, tombstone. You know, oh very my goth. God. Very goth. <laughs> wow. Oh I my goodness. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Oh gosh. Wait, I like didn't get, I, I missed that scene in the comic. <laughs> so actually in this, in this one, she's 19. She's been with Percy for about three years, like, um, uh, and they're getting married and she's pregnant and that's actually true. So he like pursued her, uh, but this was like, she was still like 16 and stuff like that. And that's how they were, that's how basically their relationship started. Uh, and, but, so like, uh, by today's modern standards, that's very uh, kind of, uh, very manipulative because yes. it was the, it was like the anniversary of her mother's death and stuff like that and so she was there so she was probably very emotionally vulnerable but they did genuinely care about each other um but the creation of frankenstein is a much sought after and it's well recorded because mary shelley kept journals and stuff like that mm. uh that's how we know that story that because she wrote it down she's like yeah we're like we did it on top of my mom's grave like <laughs> Dude, that's some hardcore yeah. goth shit. Cause even I wouldn't do that. 
No. <laughs> it's it's all about the drama for the romantics. And so the, in the, this uh, this book I think really captures the atmosphere of them and just of uh, that entire group. Um uh, because they were uh, Percy Shelley and Lord uh Byron were best friends. Actually, wow. by today's modern equivalent, I would consider them bros and they'd be the kind of bros who'd be like who would know homo each other while doing all the homo. <laughs> That's that's literally that's that's the vibe of Lord Byron and Percy Shelley. Like, wow, that's just who they were. And of course, they were uh, Lord Byron himself was a very interesting, very prolific writer and a very good one too. Um, uh, uh, but they were they they were friends. They were all friends. Like all all of these people like knew each other and they were like intimate with each other and they probably had relationships all with each other all about like they were basically like one giant communal uh yeah (laughs) 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 so they're they are they're very interesting but they produce some of the best still iconic work uh in today's era um and i really liked how they included um 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 uh Mary Shelley's uh, stepsisters, mm-hmm. uh, because Claire Claremont was a person, and so was Fanny right. Imlay. Uh, and actually, in the story, uh, anybody who knows about Fanny Imlay knows that she actually uh, committed suicide, and she committed suicide because of she was uh, she found out that she was she wasn't um, uh, a legitimate child to um, uh, to um, uh, William Goodwin, and she was so ashamed that she committed suicide. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Percy Shelley's uh, ex-wife, his, his first wife, actually also committed suicide. Uh, she drowned herself in the in a river uh, because uh, we don't know. There's speculation as to why. It could be a combination of the fact that uh, Percy Shelley was going to marry um, uh, uh mary but also she supposedly had a lover who left her as well who she was probably pregnant by but we don't again we don't know for sure um um, and he left her and she was so devastated over that loss and then also her husband leaving her that she decided that she committed suicide uh, as well i know like Ah, there's no fiction that needs to be told. We just need to read (laughs) the actual true stories of what these people were doing and going through. And that's interesting enough. Mm -hmm. So the added fiction to it is it's, it was really interesting uh, and I really liked it. And I like how they very much paralleled the actual book itself and how it was written Frankenstein to put it into uh, this book as well. And how there's brief allusions to other works as well. Uh, somewhere in the middle of the book, we get a uh, mention of uh, Bram Stoker yeah. uh, and Dracula and stuff like that. Uh, and there's probably like some, there might be some werewolf stuff that might be happening in the future. Mm-hmm. We're not, but I'm not entirely sure. I only read this volume i haven't read any of the other issues but i i really enjoyed the book uh it was a lot of fun like my my own knowledge of the romantic poets and stuff like that made this super entertaining for me as well uh because like i i like of course i can't know these people because they're all dead but i certainly know about their lives and how they were and or how they presented themselves that it was it was entertaining to read it yeah, it really. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I would say it really was entertaining. I knew very, very basic stuff about. I mean, I knew that um, the whole group of, the, of Mary and Iron and all the people that they hung out with that they were very um, quote unquote uh, loose with <laughs> their um, with their rules of you know um especially back in the day of when this was all going on of you know um uh infidelities and and just Mm -hmm. sex on graves and all that kind of stuff and (laughs) the the story of how uh, mary came up with the frankenstein um idea um but that's what i kind of really enjoyed is this this comic is actually giving you a fictionized telling of how 
Mary Shelley came up with the idea of Frankenstein and mixed with, I mean, a lot of what, you know, Jen is saying and, and what I also knew, mixed with a lot of truths that a lot of people do know. I didn't realize that she kept such, um, such detailed journals. And so um, it really does lead to be able to use that information to make this book like really super cool and interesting. Oh, I absolutely agree. And the art was amazing. I love the green tint the skin had throughout the story. It made it seem like they were in the dark most of the time or lit by candlelight. Uh, the, the palette of colors, the deep um, maroons and purples and, and kind of those dark aquas were amazing. Um, I really love the story. I love how the journal propelled it. It brought it from today, London today, where people were visiting the Mary Shelley's uh, last place uh, that she lived mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. London. And I didn't know that there was a museum there. So that's kind of awesome. Um, and, and then going back and forth in time, like 1700s. Uh, we, I really like uh, how they go back and forth. And I really, in, in the basis of it, uh, Dr. Victor Frankenstein isn't Victor, it's Victoria Frankenstein. Yeah. And I like, I like the shaping of that story as well, because as you, as they tell you in the book, during that time, they didn't allow women to study and become doctors. Mm -hmm. um, and her, uh, her wanting to be a doctor was because of admiration for her father, which when the news broke out uh, that she was actually a female, and it was, you know, a big, awful scandal. By the time uh, word got to her father, he suffered a heart attack from the shame, I guess, or from the from the sheer shock of it all. And so she didn't get a chance to tell him that it was because she admired her dad so much that she wanted to become a doctor mm -hmm. as well. So, so I, I really felt that there were some really, uh, really emotional moments throughout the story as well. I really love, I, I don't know who or how people can write in an old style kind of uh, language. You know how like mm -hmm. in, in certain times you use certain type of types of words. Like, um, you know, and, and I, I really love that because sometimes in my head I read it with like an accent and, you know, I pretend I'm all fancy. And, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, it was really, it was really great. And I, I did draw a lot of parallels to movies that like, like the first page said, that were movies that had been inspired by Mary Shelley's work. Um, there's actually a movie right now, I think on, on HBO Max, it's called Mary Shelley. And, uh, the Mary is played by Dakota Fanning. No, by her sister, Elle Fanning, oh. I believe. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of work out there. I love the work uh, that uh, director Eric Bana did, I believe, uh, where it was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That was back in the 90s. Uh, I think Robert De Niro played the monster. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of um, actual wording in this comic book that I heard in the movie. So mm -hmm. it just, there's a lot of like back and forth that I am able to grasp and I really love it. I love the whole thing. I, um, wow. So scandalous. I love it. It was just really great. It, I didn't know what direction it was going in, but when I started to get into it, I was like, wow, this is really, really great. Really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this work. Yeah, I was so, looking to see if there was any other issues after this volume because Sarah um, pointed out that at the end of this book, it actually says end. But the way that it did end, they left it very open for it mm -hmm. to continue on and for the actual title of the book to be more relevant. Um, were they... It, it alluded to the idea of the fact that this little group, it was going to go out and start hunting monsters. That's what I, yes, exactly. That's why I kept asking. I'm like, is this it? Because I feel like they're, they're, it, there's room to grow and room right. to create more based on this title alone. I loved it. Yeah, and I'm sense. looking, but um, uh, as far as I can see, it's only this first trade and no other issues. So um, but Adam Glass, from what I know, also writes a lot of TV and is like always really um, busy. And so that could very well just mean that um, 
there is maybe future plans or um, that they were going to go further, but then they ended up stopping. I don't know, um, honestly, what the original um, thought for this book was. But uh, like I said, if they wanted to continue going on, they did a perfect setup um, at the end of this trade to do so. Oh, yeah. And the cliffhanger at the end, I'm just like, why did they leave us like this? But it was really good. It was really well done. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Do you guys yeah, have no, any? It was really good. I mean, the book itself, I feel like we haven't really talked about it much, but uh, it is posited as the events that led up to the creation of Frankenstein, the book, uh, are not the, are, whatchamacallit, are, uh, whatchamacallit, are real that the that Frankenstein is a real monster and that Mary Shelley wrote an entirely different script that was framed as the true events of Frankenstein that she later had to rewrite in for publication. Yes. Uh, so that that is the that is uh, what the book is about. It's basically like uh, Frankenstein was real and Mary Shelley like well, what you call it was actually actually took part in his creation. Yeah. Um. um which was interesting. I her publisher huh? said, we can't publish this because people think you're crazy. <laughs> uh -huh. And that you're an accessory to murder, you know, yeah. also that. Uh -huh. but, but the cool thing is, because we know that she was such, um, she kept really detailed journals, this actually makes sense the way this, this story was told. So like, uh, because there's these missing journals from when she was in Geneva, uh, which is when it was shortly after that trip to Geneva that she wrote uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So um, the way they structured the story is really great. I mean, it, it's really believable to me, like because they used uh, the intricacy of her journals and how she was uh, very, what is it called? Um, she wrote everything down. So it kind of, it, it kind of feels like this, could be real but it's not and that's that's actually the cool part about this book it's like you kind of it, it's really great storytelling is what i'm trying to say <laughs> mm -hmm. it's really good and i and i really liked it and i really liked uh how they used uh true events to help frame uh the um, uh, the book and that how they could have been like twisted up to like make frankenstein and stuff like that so um it was it, it was a it was a fun interesting read and it was suspenseful too um, um i uh i liked how they posited frankenstein i mean i i'm pretty sure uh i've read uh mary shelley's frankenstein uh, also little known but this, a lot of people forget but it's also it's frankenstein the modern prometheus uh and um, um also people forget that frankenstein was actually the person who created the monster and the monster itself isn't frankenstein no. um uh, so uh i i really like that they that they use that part it read it the way it was framed and it read it was like the the actual book itself too so i thought it was really good cool so i highly recommend it are we ready to uh rate it yeah excellent sure. so for me i'm gonna give it um Tres conchas and a cup of champurrado. Uh, not the whole panaderia because I feel like they could do more. They, I feel like it would be really cool if um, they actually did more writing based on this title. Um, so I'm going to give it tres conchas and a cup of champurrado. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is Kristen. I am going to give it tres conchas as well. I really liked it. I really liked the art. I liked everything about it. Like Jen said, it was suspenseful. And I super appreciated the reality TV aspect of all the crazy <laughs> cheese drama messiness that um, the writer inserted here and there with all the real life drama that really did happen and was going on in Mary Shelley's life when during this um, era of four 
for her. So I really enjoyed it a lot. And I wish that there were more and um, that there was more um, monsters to be hunted because I really did. Uh, I, I'd love to hear or see a fictionalized um, because like Jen said, there was a mention uh, Bram Stoker in there of, with uh, vampires. I'd love to see something like this done with that as well. So um, so I give it to Tres Conchas. Yeah. Uh, this is Jen, and I'm going to agree with everybody else. I'm going to give it um, uh, three uh, conchas. Uh, and just, I, I just remembered this right now. Uh, when Percy Shelley died, uh, Mary, and he died with Lord Byron on the boat that they mentioned in the book uh, wow. on a lake because it sank. Make um, it? Huh? <laughs> naked? naked? Who knows? Naked. <laughs> Probably. Uh, like you said, they were bros. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were able to retrieve the body and stuff like that. But Percy Shelley was so long in the water that his heart calcified. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And Mary Shelley kept it. Wow. Mary Shelley kept his uh, calcified heart on her writing desk. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's goth love, baby. That is. Now, I'm going to have to ask uh, that there be something in the will that lets me have Frank's heart. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to get it calcified first. Wow. That. Wow. Okay. You know what? We don't need to be reading Mary Shelley's stories. We need to read her journals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is. That's from goth stuff, dude. That's awesome. It's just. It's just the romantics. The romantics, they were so, God, they were so extra. I couldn't help but love them. That's why, that's why I was so interested in them. But yeah, no, the book itself deserves three conchas. And I really want to know more uh, about it. I really want them to continue with uh, that era because that era is, it's an interesting time because you get, um, uh, you get the birth of like horror and like science fiction and stuff like that. It's it's an interesting time, and I would like to see how it gets adapted into this kind of like monster hunter aspect that they've got going on. Um, um, but it, it's a good read, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we always refer to old stuff as Victorian, but we hardly ever really talk about Georgian era. So I'm. I, I'd like to hear. I'd like to read more on that. That'd be super cool. All right, guys. That has been our book review. All right, guys. It's now time for on my radar. And today on my radar, uh, it's way far in the future. Radar, guys. By the way. Um, the long-tormented Sydney Prescott, guys. Do you guys remember her? She is Sydney Prescott. Sydney Prescott is the girl that gets uh, chased by the the guy, uh, her classmates or whatever, who dress up in that scream mask. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. any case, there is a movie that's going to be shot, and actually, they've got uh, Nev Campbell to sign on to the movie. So now we got three original cast members. We have Courtney Cox. David Arquette and Nev Campbell, who have signed on for the new screen movie that is uh, set for theatrical release in January 14, 2020. I can't wait. I feel like this just means that at least one of them is going to die this time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's go there's going to be, of course, new characters and stuff, but I I'm interested to see what they do with the old characters and how they introduce them into this whole new movie. So I'm it's. Uh, it's I'm a radar. fan of screen movies. I I've seen every single one of them. Me too. So I definitely will uh, Even watch four? this one. I think all I've of them. seen them all. <laughs> you know, screen movies are like uh, the one um, the Fast and the Furious movies. You just like watch them, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean, Scream, the first one, broke so many uh just like expectations of horror film and in a way i mean even though the character wasn't talking to the audience broke the the fourth wall in a way because he was narrating how horror films are supposed to quote unquote work and was kind of like you know schooling everybody of like okay now this 
now this is going to happen and this is going to happen and okay don't go have sex because and this and you should never do this and so you should um, never say i'll be right back right <laughs> and so it actually i mean it was it was very groundbreaking for its time um i don't think any of mm -hmm. the sequels were anywhere close to the greatness that the first one was, but I watched them all anyway. Um, and I'll watch this one as well. But um, I, I, I definitely think that the scream has a place in, in like iconic horror film history. Oh, definitely. Especially since it, it is, it was, it was a movie made by, Oh God, what's his name again? Uh, Wes Craven. Yeah. Wes, Wes Craven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't remember, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. it was a movie made by Wes Craven, basically poking fun at his older horror movies right. and how they Wes are set Craven up. Of, um, uh, he's he's a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, so it's just a, it was a, it was, um, uh, it's a great movie and I still love it. And it's surprisingly super funny. Yes, it's like, very funny. <laughs> I think a lot of people forget just how funny it actually is. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I was I was watching it the other day because uh the screen the the scare the scary movies the parodies of them oh, were yes. on Netflix. So I watched I watched them and I was just all like, oh my god! Like, okay, first of all, um, my strong hand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, God. first of all, the scary movies themselves are actually kind of, they're funny, but in an awful kind of way. Yes. Because now they're, I was, they're, they were, they were a lot, and they, uh, they were heavily focused on a lot of bad stereotypes. Yes. As well. Which was, I kind of get what they were going for, and I was able to laugh at some parts. But the one that sticks with me the most about the scary movie um, uh, parodies is the waza scene that when he calls, when when he calls one of the the girl's uh, brothers, and then you just see Scream saying waza on the phone, oh, and yeah, then yeah, all yeah. the other people saying <laughs> saying it. <laughs> it was it was really funny. Like me and my friends quote that fucking thing all the time. <laughs> It's like oh, it's so it's so funny. I I don't know if I would recommend watching the scary movie parodies, but they are kind of funny. Yeah, they're very funny. <laughs> yeah, you know one of the things I thought was really great about the Scream, uh, the first Scream movie was uh, you have a very popular actress, um, Drew Barrymore, at the beginning sequence of the movie, mm -hmm. uh, and spoiler alert. They kill her off right away. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. The movie's so old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that that is rarely seen in any movie where you kill off like the most popular actor actress. Yes, yeah, it was it, a shock because everybody thought that she was going to be the protagonist. Yes, uh, and for, to have her killed off in the first like. 10 minutes or something was was very i read some i read an article or something about that that um they really tried to keep it hush hush um like even after the people screened it or like watched it like they tried to keep it hush hush so that it would continue to be um a surprise for the other people coming mm -hmm. in and i mean you could at the time right because yeah, it's the, just yes. like yeah. internet we all, access we were what it used to be <laughs> we were all using dial-up <laughs> 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 oh my god um anyway that is on my radar and i know kristen you have an on my radar as well i do have an on my radar um it's a comic that i read this week that came out on wednesday and it is an image comic called the department of truth and a little um description cole turner has studied conspiracy theories all his life but he isn't prepared for what happens when he discovers that all of them are true from the JFK assassination to flat earth theory and reptilian shapeshifters. One organization <laughs> has been covering them up for generations. What is the deep dark secret behind the department of truth? So this is written by uh, James Tinian, um, who I think Ooh, we just Tinian. read something or talked about something that he did recently, but I can't think about mm -hmm. it. Um, and um, this is his first image ongoing series. Um, and it is with the artist Martin Simmons, who uh, 
uh, did Dying is Easy. Um, but it's really good. I read the first issue and it's kind of like a um, alternate history type book um a little bit because you're like jfk like you're getting this this um this kind of insight to this huge conspiracy this huge uh thing that happened where there there there's tons of conspiracy theories that revolve around it and um there is a spoiler alert um that i will i won't actually say who he is but there is somebody who was highly involved in the jfk assassination that is the leader of the department of truth so you have to find out <laughs> okay that sounds that sounds really interesting and now i want to know who it is <laughs> <laughs> um so i've been I, as i said um i've been reading a lot of books and right now one that i'm reading is called um uh, mexican gothic really oh, in theme right. with what we reviewed today uh i don't know did i mention this last episode no uh, no i don't think i did no. but i'm currently reading it and it's really really good uh it's by um uh, silvia moreno garcia um uh, and it's uh it's basically it's basically a gothic uh a gothic romance set in mexico and it's really really well done and it's i highly highly recommend it i read i got the that was a, it was one of the books that i ordered that i said that i've been waiting for mm -hmm. um um but i i got that one and i started reading it and i absolutely fell in love with it so i mean right now it's a good time to like get back into reading and stuff like that um uh, personally i prefer print copies but it's also available as an ebook as well uh and if you like kind of like gothic romance or gothic uh esque horror ones i highly recommend uh mexican gothic by silvia moreno garcia nice well that title is super cool I it is and the cover for it is really nice too awesome i'll check it out all right guys it's now time for juntos y fuertes kristen take it away so today i have um, some news about uh, another friend of uh, Comadreci Comics, Amber Garza, who we met through Skybound, and she invited us to um, a holiday party there a couple of uh, holidays back. But um, I don't know if this means she's no longer with Skybound or if she just is doing this on the side. You know, crazy times right now, people. A lot of um, jobs that um, people had just aren't necessary anymore. But um, regardless, she is um, announcing the launch of the a new and maybe first queer woman of color owned literary agency specializing in selling foreign translation rights for comics and graphic works and she is basically the founder of this um company and is called full bleed rights it's a boutique literary agency specializing in selling foreign rights for comics and graphic works the roster of clients is thoughtfully curated for those eager to discover their next favorite thing they represent creators from a kaleidoscope of backgrounds and artistic approaches who are crafting the finest illustrated stories in a wide array of styles genres and even formats not limited to comics and graphic novels full bleed rights clients works extend into books periodicals zines tarot card decks and beyond the incomparable talent that full bleed rights represents engage vast and varied audiences and provide them with unparalleled experience so amber garza is bringing decades of her legal and licensing experience um, here to uh, this company as founder and principal agent and she's dedicated to full bleed rights mission which is to empower comic creators and illustrators by expanding their international reach and facilitating cross-cultural exchange through art and popular culture in translation so congratulations to amber um, fullbleedrights.com is where you can go to find out more about um this literary agency if you're looking to maybe um uh for an agent or um you know you have something that you think fits cr uh, right into um to what is uh, it what it is that they're doing there you can always just go to their website Awesome. 
All right, guys, it's now time for saludos. And Kristen, as promised, who, <laughs> uh, because you had some cheese, and you said you, yes. you promised to tell us in saludos who you were talking about. So today we're saludando Pepper Rivera, the creator, Ooh. the writer, the artist of Hat Boys. Um, he, we had Pepper on one of our uh, Las Platicas episodes. Definitely, if you have not listened to that episode, check it out. Go back and um, listen. He was an amazing, amazing, amazing um, person uh, to interview. He had a lot of uh, awesome stuff to talk about. And his book, Hat Boys, is awesome. It is a book. Um, he is from um, South Central Los Angeles. And the book itself is based in South Central and all about um kids and and people who live and have grown up in south central los angeles and um this um george lucas museum uh, museum of narrative art they actually the the more of the cheese man um his wife was standing in line at a coffee shop i think and she had this really cool shirt on with some cool art on it i'm guessing it was pepper's art and the dude who was curating saw it they struck up a conversation and um Next thing you know, you know, they are asking Pepper to buy all of his original art. They were really looking to find local Los Angeles uh, creators that represented um, more diverse areas of the city. And so he's definitely um, He's definitely fits that bill. And I'm so excited for uh, him. And um, there's never been uh, a nicer person who deserved all of this success. And um, so I know that he's working on a lot of other stuff too that he was telling me about. Um, and I didn't actually get the okay to talk about any of that stuff, but just to say that there's a lot of awesome things going on in Pepper Rivera's um, career. And um, I personally cannot wait to see what comes next. So saludos to Pepper Rivera and also to the, um, the Lucas uh, Museum of Narrative Art that will be coming soon. And also, if you were wondering who uh, composed that awesome, awesome intro that we have on all our episodes, that was Pepper Rivera. So yes. That's what so, I meant when I was like, he has another connection to our podcast. <laughs> yes, I forgot to mention. Thank you for saying that. And in the store, when he came into Heidi Ho the other day, and that's how I got this cheeseman. He was talking to me about it. Um, and he actually was like, oh, yes, I still listen all the time. So um, uh, hi, Pepper. Thank you so much for listening. We are so um, we're so proud of having uh, your work uh, as part of our podcast. Um, he He's an all-around uh, talented guy. Absolutely, absolutely. Writer, artist, composer. Oh, it's amazing stuff, amazing stuff. So congratulations, Pepper, y saludos a ti. Um, I'm also, uh, estamos saludando today, uh, Nathaniel Osoyo. Now, Nathaniel Osoyo recently uh, sent out a Instagram post, uh, a story, whatever, where uh, he offered free commissions if you would take a screenshot um, proving that you registered to vote. And once you did that, you gave him whatever you wanted him to draw and he drew it for you free of charge. And I thought this was amazing, amazing uh, inspiration and uh, inspirational kind of attitude towards um, inspiring other people to actually register to vote. Um, and that's really important, guys. We really need to vote. And, you know, he put his money where his mouth is. And he said, if you prove that you're registered to vote, just screenshot it and I will do a free commission. And I took opportunity of that. And I had him draw my nephew who turns 14 today. So that was an extra birthday present for him. And we totally love his artwork. He's a very talented artist. So saludos to you. Nathaniel, thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast and for doing something so awesome uh, as inspiring others to register to vote. Uh, you can find him on Instagram and at I, that's E-Y-E, draw, D-R-A-U-A-G-H. So it's a play on words. It's not 
I draw, but it's I draw. Yeah, I think that was so creative. <laughs> oh, de most definitely, most definitely. Um, he actually, listen up guys, follow him on Instagram because he's thinking of offering the free commissions again in November. So, oh, nice. So keep that, uh, keep that uh, in mind, the most definitely. Saludos a, a ti, Nathaniel Soyo. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast. We also interviewed him as well. We yes. have a lot of amazing, talented friends who support our podcast. Saludos a ustedes. And that brings us to the end of our episode, guys. Where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram at Comadres y Comics and also on Facebook at Comic Comadres. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres where you can DM us as well. You can email us uh, directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Um, and also, we are working on our website, so www.comadresycomics.com. Yay, that's happening. <laughs> and in this month of October, I will be posting a bunch of Snapchats so you can find us at Comadresy Comics on Snapchat. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. As always, we have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.